Hi everybody, this is Bill Woodcock and welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland. Today is Sunday, March the 3rd, 2019. There are two topics tonight. One is more of an announcement than a topic, and then the other one is the topic that I believe a lot of Maryland has been talking about these past couple of weeks. But first, the announcement. The Forward Maryland podcast is proud to announce that this spring and summer, beginning later this month, we will be holding over 20 live recordings of the Forward Maryland podcast at the Chrysalis Amphitheater in Meriwether Park in Symphony Woods in downtown Columbia, Maryland. Now, for those of you who do not know what the Chrysalis is or have not visited the Chrysalis, you are in for a treat because the Chrysalis is one of Maryland's most preeminent, up-and-coming, uh, rising stars in terms of concert venues. Uh, the Chrysalis is about to enter its third year of operation. It is managed by a nonprofit entity known as the Inner Arbor Trust. And in full disclosure, I sit on the board as the corporate treasurer of the Inner Arbor Trust. Um, but the, uh, the Inner Arbor Trust was created by a vote of the Columbia Association Board of Directors in 2013. And uh, the Chrysalis and uh, Meriwether Park at Symphony Woods is about to enter into its third season of uh, producing, uh, or not necessarily producing, uh, let me back up, um, but uh, sponsoring and um, promoting and putting on shows that fulfill its mission of providing accessible, um, entertaining uh, experiences in the performing arts and in other media for the entire community to enjoy. On occasion, the Chrysalis also serves as a side stage to Meriwether Post Pavilion for certain music festivals during the year. And so we, we do enjoy a uh, partnership with uh, IMA, uh, the uh, operators of Meriwether Post Pavilion, uh, and uh, we're happy to help them in terms of helping them uh, create, um, you know, greater competitiveness for uh, Meriwether Post and its in its marketplace. But our marketplace is a little bit different. Our marketplace is a little bit more grassroots oriented, oriented towards families. Um, lower cost events, um, events and entertainment for the entire family and for a, a targeted diverse population. So um, I look forward to sharing more with you about the programming going on at the Chrysalis uh, over the spring and summer. Uh, part of the agreement and part of the arrangement that I've worked out has been to uh, happily uh, promote their events. Uh, but I'm also thankful and grateful for the opportunity. Um, I've been looking forward to having a studio audience. There's another podcast in Howard County uh, that uh, currently uh, does shows with a studio audience, and they do a very nice job. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, bringing that to the uh, Chrysalis environment. And, and like I said, if you've ever been there, uh, it is frankly gorgeous. Uh, set foot in uh, in uh, woods. The chrysalis is set in woods, um, very close to Meriwether Post Pavilion. 
Um, but uh, it is a very peaceful, uh, very pleasant environment, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I know I'm sounding a little bit gushy on this, but uh, it's because I, I know it's going to be great, and I know it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that very much. Okay, so I've spent about a third of my time I've planned this evening talking about that. Let me talk about the main, um, the main event here. Uh, the big issue that's been going on in the state of Maryland over the past week. Or I should say at least the issue that's been getting a lot of ink. Uh, and with good reason. Uh, and that is Delegate Marianne Lasanti and her comments regarding um, that she made to another, apparently, I believe, another state legislator uh, in a cigar bar in Annapolis uh, where she used the N-word to describe a district in Prince George's County where apparently she helped uh, some other candidates uh, campaign last year. Uh, the comments are reprehensible, and uh, as of this moment, uh, Delegate Lasani has been censured uh, by the uh, House of Delegates. It was a unanimous vote of all of those voting, 137 to 0, uh, she abstained. There were three other delegates. There was one delegate who voted present and uh, two other delegates who uh, were excused from voting. Uh, as of this moment, she has decided not to resign, uh, to instead um, receive uh, sensitivity training and work to make amends by her district and um, by the African-American community and, and to the community at large. Uh, so those are her choices as of this moment. And a lot of people, a lot of people in the, you know, in, in the state of Maryland of both parties have demanded that she step down. Um, you know, I'm personally amazed that she hasn't taken that decision to step aside. Um, but, um, you know, it makes me wonder why she hasn't. Um... And I guess that gets to something that I kind of want to get off my chest about this. Um, there has been, and I, I've been involved in Annapolis politics, uh, sometimes tangentially, sometimes smack dab in the middle of it, for uh, over 30 years now. Uh, 32, or 33 actually, uh, in 2019 to be exact. So uh, I've seen a lot of people come and go, a lot of delegates, a lot of senators, governors, cabinet appointees, etc. And um, there was reason why in the 70s uh, and in the 80s, Maryland politics was rated the second most corrupt state for the political business in the nation, next to only Louisiana next to only the home of Huey Long and Eddie Edwards. There were reasons why Maryland was number two. And um, I'm not sure how much of it has gotten better over the decades. Um, some of the names are still the same. Some of the uh, deck chairs have been rearranged. But the, still the same culture more or less remains. Um, you know, I looked to an article from the Washington Post back in December that stated that in the preceding 12 months, 
11 state legislators were complained against for sexual harassment. 11. Okay, 11. And there's only 141. So that is 8% of your workforce, people of the state of Maryland. That's 8% of the people who you elected during the 2014-2018 quadrennial. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to guess that of those 11 people, none of them were women. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but let's say that 20% of the state legislators are women in the 2014-2018 quadrennial. So that means out of about 110 male legislators, that 11 of them, that a full 10%, have been accused of sexual harassment. Can you think... Can anybody think of any workplace where it's okay for 10% of the employees to be accused of sexual harassment in a year? You have got to be kidding me. This is insane. This is insane. Something has got to change. You know, a couple years ago, I believe I remember correctly, Many of the female state legislators sent a letter about the what they called the frat house culture in Annapolis. Now, that still exists. That hasn't gone away. You know, and sometimes people, and I am not excusing Marianne Lasani for what she said at all. What she said was deplorable and 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 was wor- it's worthy of her resignation. But, you know. There is a certain element that when you're in a cesspool, you ultimately wind up stinking. That is a thing. And if you're in an environment where misogyny is, you know, commonplace, where maybe to get along as a female legislator, you have to be one of the boys, you know, then your thinking gets coarse, and your language gets coarse, and your actions get coarse, and your deeds get coarse. And so maybe that's part of what we're seeing here. Uh, I'm not saying she's blameless. Far from it. You know, she's responsible for every action she took. But what I am saying is that this behavior is endemic of a larger culture, a culture that's not just sexist, but absolutely racist. I mean, I have heard many racist comments said in my presence about people from Anne Arundel County, from Baltimore City, you know, uh, comments questioning people's intelligence questioning people's capability, questioning people's parentage, uh, how many children they had by how many mates, etc. And that is not what goes on in civil society. And I guess because the good Lord made me six foot four with Caucasian features and skin and blue eyes, I guess that that has given me that suit of armor where, you know, I have that um, visage where people go, oh, you know, Woodcock will hear this because he gets it. He's one of us. Well, I hear it. I've heard a lot of things over my life. I've heard a lot of hard things over my life, but I don't have to get that. 
I sure as hell don't have to get that. And I sure as hell don't have to understand it. And I sure as hell don't have to understand it when it comes out of the mouths from some of the people who are our elected representatives. They're supposed to be the best of us, not the worst of us. So when are our legislators going to start behaving like the best of us? In a way, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Marianne Lasani's not stepping down. And I'll tell you why, because I think that this ought to, you know, continue to shine a light on the culture in Annapolis. It ought to shine a light in the culture in Annapolis of, of that it needs to change. And when is it going to change? And it's incumbent upon people like Senate President Miller and Speaker of the House Mike Bush to make, to be part of that change. And there were a lot of legislators, a lot of new legislators who were elected this past year. In fact, by my quick count, the Howard County legislative delegation increased by a net three new female legislators, Feldmark, Terraza, and Watson. And then there is another fourth new female legislator in Senator Hester who replaced Senator Bates. So I don't know if those results are replicable across the state, but I'm betting that there's probably about two dozen new female legislators across the state of Maryland, maybe off in that number. But between those folks and also the new legislators who are people of color, and the people who have been around the legislature for terms and terms and have decided to hold their tongue because if they speak their mind, then maybe their bills aren't going to get hearings and they're not going to be appointed to committees and they're not going to get whatever favor they can get out of leadership. These people need to band together because my suspicion is that this 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 group all together that I just named is certainly a majority in each house. And they all need to stand up. And when they stand up and when they talk about what they want and what they need to not just make the Maryland General Assembly not just look more like Maryland, but behave like Maryland ought to be, well, that's when we're really going to change Maryland. My name is Bill Woodcock. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Have a great day.